Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. John 20. If you have your Bibles, open with, to, with me to John 20. Uh, today we're going to look at verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together... <clears throat> With the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. In verse 21 we read, Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for the message that we've just heard. We've heard it in the songs that we've sung, the message of what it means to recognize the love that you have for us. We thank you this morning, Father, for the presence that is ours in you. Uh, for those that know Jesus Christ, Father, are in him. We are uh, not the first fruits. He is the first fruit as per our Sunday school class. But we thank you, Father, for what it means to understand that we are part of the body, that we are part of you, not because of what we've done, but because of what you've done for us in sharing your one and only Son. We thank you. We pray, Father, that in our lives today that our hearts would be open to you, that our minds would listen, that all those things, Father, that would dissuade us, turn us away, all the distractions are out there, all the lures, Father, that would draw us away from you would be put behind, and that our eyes would be upon the love that you have for us in your Son, Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Forgive me. Years ago, Karen's, uh, one of Karen's many brothers, I need to tell you that, Karen had five older brothers. Think about that, men. When you ask someone to marry you, take a look and see if they've got five older brothers. I kind of worried about that uh, a good bit. But one of, one of the brothers was named Ronnie. And Ronnie was a dear friend and love him and miss him every day. Karen and I think about him quite often. But after we had gone to seminary in Fort Worth, uh, Ronnie came down to see us. He rode on his Kawasaki motorcycle, the 750 miles on groove pavement. Now, we probably got some motorcycle riders in here, so you kind of know what he went through. When he got there, the first thing we did, we had him come in the house, got washed up, and then we went to Pancho's Mexican Restaurant. I'm looking to see. I'm looking for any nods. The best Mexican foods you could get, all you could eat for $2.99. <laughs> and so we took Ronnie to Pancho's. And as we came back, we drove, pulled up in about an hour later. We pulled up in the driveway. I noticed something was wrong. The jam on the door of our front door of our house was broken. And the door was also broken. And as I ran in, I yelled at Ronnie. I said, Ronnie, you go to the back door. I'm going through the front door. And I ran in the house. And of course, the thieves were long gone. Our door was locked. 
Our door was bolted. Everything that we could have done was done. But you know what? Thieves still broke in and stole. Do not put your treasures, Jesus tells us, in places, your hopes, in places where thieves break in and steal and where moth and rust destroy. Because that's what we do in our lives. We think about those things that are so important to us, those things that we think are so valuable to us, and we put those valuable things behind locked doors. That's exactly what the disciples did that day, because you knew what was most valuable to them was their very lives. Did you see, did you hear the message and why they went? Because they were afraid. They were afraid of what the Jews might do. They were afraid the Jews might do to them what they had done to Jesus. Those who crucified Jesus were looking for them, searching for them. There's a message that we need to understand in our lives, and that message is that our hearts are either open to God, and it may be you're here this morning and you've never made that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never accepted him as Lord and Savior of your life. If not, there's an opportunity for each of us today to open our lives to him, to open our hearts. But think about it. What do we talk about when we talk about our hearts? We talk about our hearts being open. We talk about our hearts being on our sleeves. We talk about our hearts being broken. When you open a door, when you open the door to your life, we always run the risk of having our heart damaged, don't we? of someone doing something to us that hurts us, that fails us. But here's the thing. When is this all taking place in John chapter 20? This is after the resurrection. And the disciples thought everything had been, it was finished. When they heard, they didn't hear the words. Why didn't they hear the words? They weren't there. They didn't show up. The women were there. John was there. But the message was not clear to them. Maybe they thought, maybe it's over. And that's why we see Peter saying to the disciples when they went back to Galilee, let's go fishing. I'm going fishing. I don't know about you, but I'm going fishing. We talked about that last Sunday. The message is in our hearts, sometimes we get so overwhelmed by the problems and the issues that we face that we are overwhelmed by them and that we don't see the hope. We don't see the promise. We don't see what God is trying to tell us through these events in our lives. If you were in Sunday school, you learned what it means to know the difference between temptation and trials. God won't tempt us. God doesn't tempt us to try to get us to do it, to make us fail. Heaven forbid that we think that kind of thing. But what God does do in our lives is he seeks to prove that relationship we have with him. Proving it over and over. Does that sound like a hymn you know? Robert knows that. Robert, you want to stand up and sing that for us? No, don't do that. Jesus, Jesus, right? How I trust him. How I've proved him or and or. Why and how? Because we have a personal relationship. And that's what, when we talk about this gospel for our time, the message that Simon shared last week and the week before was a message that was his message of what Jesus Christ had done in his life. And every believer here this morning has his or her testimony of how Jesus Christ has worked in our lives. And we are called to live those lives in such a way that the world not only sees it exhibited in our lives, the love of Jesus Christ, they also hear from us 
the difference that Christ is making every day. And that's the message that Diane just sang to us just a second ago. How he uses us, how he takes us and takes our lives and uses them to proclaim the message that's his. That message of hope is what we see in Jesus Christ. The first thing we see in our hearts is the results of what it means of living behind closed doors. Look at verse 19 with me again, if you would. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. Now, it's odd that we should be talking about this. Some of you already know about what happened with me this morning. I had some stuff I had to carry into the office. And guess what I did? Guess what I did, Marty? I dropped my, I didn't, I lost my keys. I had no idea where my keys were. I couldn't get back in the office. Guess what? Nobody has a key to that office except for me. And I don't even have that now. I don't even trust myself with it. I gave it to Karen because Karen won't lose it. I'll lose it, but I gave it to her and trusted that key to her so it wouldn't be locked. But I'm here to tell you, it wasn't a doorknob they locked. What kind of lock do you think they had on that door? Have you seen the old-timey pioneer movies where they have that, that board? There you go. Kim knows. They put that board down. There's no getting in that door, all right? That door is locked. And that's what the disciples thought. Why did they do that? They did that because they were so afraid of what might happen to them. If our hearts are locked, if our doors are shut, the world looks at us and thinks you are holed up. You are holed up in your church. You are holed up in your life. You are holed up. That's what they say in Tennessee, that you are holed up where nobody can get to you. How can we live that way as the church of Jesus Christ? We are the body of Christ. We are his hands, his feet. We are the means through which the good news is shared. We are the ones that are to carry that hope. And if we spend all our time locked up in a building, the message never gets out. And if we look at the map out here and we see that everything, every pen we have is stuck right on 1200 North Garvin Street, We've got a problem. Somebody told me a couple of weeks ago that we used to have signs above the doors that said, as you walk out of this building, you walk into your mission field. It may be mission field at school. It may be at work. It may be at home. It may be in your neighborhood. It doesn't make any difference where you are. When we leave this place as the body of Christ, our lives are to be opened they're not shut anymore. We're not holed up. We're not locked up. We're called to share that message. The message of what it means to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. To know what it means to be able to trust Him. That someone can see in your life and through the testimony that you've shared of what Christ is all about. And how that relationship that you have with Him has changed your life. Here's the thing. If it hasn't changed your life... I'm getting some head shakes, right? If you don't demonstrate, excuse me, if we don't demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ in such a way that the world can see it, maybe it's not there. And there's a time for each of us to reevaluate. Are we demonstrating the love of Christ in what we say and what we do? When people look at us, do they see him? Do they recognize him? They do so, Jesus tells us, in order that we might give glory to God through him. 
That when people see us doing what we're doing for Christ, they see the love of Jesus Christ exhibited. How is Jesus Christ using your life and my life as an exhibition of Christ's love for the world? They see it on every Thursday. I can tell you, I'm looking around, I see a lot of the folks that are at the food pantry. I know that the message of the gospel is shared there. I know that the message of Christ's love is shared there. I know the message of Matthew 25 is there. When did we see you hungry and give you something to eat? When did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? When did we see you in prison and come and visit you? Christ calls us to recognize what it means for us to open our hearts. But the disciples had done exactly opposite of that. It may be in your life, you're here this morning, and you've had a really rough hoe to go. Road to, hoe to, excuse me, that's a Texas term, and I guess it works in Indiana too, doesn't it? A pretty rough road to hoe, right? Maybe lately things have not gone the way that you think they should in your life, and you're having difficulties. So what do we do? Do we quit? Do we put the bolt on the door? Do we lock it up? Do we stay in here and say, holy, holy, holy to God? And to ourselves, no. The opportunities that we have to give testimony of what Christ has done in our lives are no better than we were, I think, no stronger than we were going through times of difficulty. How did you make it, someone would ask you. How did you make it through that? I don't understand how you were able to deal with those circumstances in your life. Here comes Simon. Here comes, let me tell you about what Christ has done in my life. Let me tell you about why I'm not afraid because I'm where I am right now. Let me tell you about the change that he's brought in my life and how I see him moving. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. Simon Peter did that, right? He did it in front of that crowd that was not a real popular crowd. Somebody else did it. Stephen did it. Simon Peter didn't get stoned. What happened to Stephen? People hated him and what he said, and they gnashed their teeth at him. And yet Stephen constantly and continuously shared the message of Christ's love. Why? Because the door to his heart was open. And the first thing that happened was that Jesus Christ came in and ruled and reigned. Where are you personally, believer, in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is it just a name that you know? Is it something that you sing or say in a song on a Sunday morning? Or is it a relationship that you have with a God who created the earth, a personal relationship with him through his one and only son? And in knowing that, that you can't help but share about what he's done in your life. That's the first question we need to look at in our lives. If you're here this morning and you've never made that commitment, you need to know that Jesus made it pretty clear. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but except through me. That is how we come to this personal relationship with a loving God. For Christ paid the price for your sins and mine. And when we recognize that and we confess that before men and before him, he says, you're mine. 
and that door is broken down. You don't need it anymore. You know how it is with thieves. What kind of door do you have to put up to keep a thief out? What we do is we put doors and locks up to keep honest people, quote, honest people out, don't we? Somebody wants in your house, they're going to get in your house. Don't spend your time locked behind the door. Open your heart. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation for you. Today is the opportunity for you to say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to rule and reign, and I give my heart, my life, my all to you. I confess you before God. I confess you before mankind. And I believe that God raised you on the third day, and you are seated next to him right now. And I'm going to give my life to you forever. Today is the day to do that. Today is the opportunity for us to claim that salvation and live it. Believer, if we're living behind locked doors, we need to, maybe we need to do that. See, all our doors are shut. Every door, I know why. But maybe we need to have every door open and invite a lost world to come see us. That's what we need to do in our hearts and our lives every day to recognize the gift of love that God gives us through his one and only son and in recognizing that also to carry that message boldly. Look at verse 19 in John 20. This is the results of what happened. These are the good results of what happens when Jesus comes into our presence. Verse 19, then Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, what did he do? He showed them his hands, and he showed them his sides. His side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you also. You know what? If, if Bob had been there that day, and Bob had come back to those disciples in that place, I wouldn't have talked to him like Jesus did. Peace be with you. You know what I'd have said? What happened with you guys? What? Where were you? You guys all ran away. You deserted me. You left me there all by myself. I sound a lot like what I think that older brother would have sounded like in Luke 15. All these years, all these years, I've been there. I've worked for you. I've slaved for you. And you haven't even given me a goat to go celebrate with my friends with. And here this retrobate son of you come back after spending all your money. And what do you do? You kill the fatted calf for him. It's the same attitude that I have in my heart way too often. God forgive me for the sin that is mine. God forgive me for the closeness that's mine. But we need to live in that joy that comes to us because of what God has done for us. What was the message that the angel shared with the shepherds? Remember how that went? Pretty simple, wasn't it? What did they say? The angel said this, basically a passage of what it means to understand God's love. Don't be afraid, in Luke 2.10, I bring you what? Good news of great joy that will be for the people of Grace Baptist Church. All people. You see it? It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's for everyone. 
And the first thing that we need to exhibit is joy. Do you remember what happened with the disciples after they had seen the resurrected Lord? They went and they, in Luke, we'll see that in Luke 24, they, what do they do? They go out and they begin to praise God that everyone sees the joy in their life. Too many times in our lives we sing this song this way. You know, joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, God of love. Here it comes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the perception that, that the choir and Robert have of how I sing this song. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of heaven, God of love. Hearts unfold like flowers. Do you know what joy is? Do you remember what it was? It's going to be a stretch for some of us. Remember what it was to see that first, your first love, your first girlfriend, all right, real girlfriend. Oh, man. I couldn't wait to see Karen. And we talked on the phone all the time. And I went down to the town motel where the dad owned, where she worked at the desk and spent all kinds of hours with her and then came home and talked on the phone. I was thrilled to be there with her. Do you remember holding that little baby that was just born? Maybe for most of us, it's grandchildren, or some of us now, it's great-grandchildren. But what a thrill to see that. There's a song written about that too. And we recognize what it means for us to know that God has given us new life. The message that we see written is that there should be joy in our lives. How are you demonstrating that joy? How does the world see that joy in your life? I'm here to tell you, they see it when, the, we, when people recognize in us that we have something that they don't have. I know I've told you this before. I'm going to tell you one more time to the point that you say you've told that story already three times, Bob. But I had a good friend. He was working in a plant, a huge plant. And everybody was doing all the things he knew they shouldn't do, including him. But there was this one guy, one person. And there was something completely different about him. And one day, my friend went to him and said, you know, I want some of that happy, happy, joy, joy stuff you've got. Where is it coming from? You know what that man did? That man at that point, just like Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, began to explain to him what it means to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And he explained to him through the use of God's Word and the message of salvation that comes through Jesus. That is how you and I are to live our lives. We are to live them joyfully in the hope that is ours, in the presence that's ours of the living God in our lives, that nothing can separate us from that love. Nothing can ever be taken from us because Christ has given it to us. And finally, we know that Jesus is that open door. Look with me in verse 21 through 23. And again, as Jesus said to them, peace be with you. There it is. Peace be with you again. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. In John 10, uh, 7 through 10, you'll get to the last part of that and you'll recognize why I'm reading this one too. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate that is the door for the sheep. <coughs> All those who have come before me were thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate, that is the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. 
For the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. If you think that becoming a Christian means that you have to give everything up, I want you to go back and look at that passage. You remember that, John 10. And you can find it in John 10, 10, that last part. It's there. It's a message of what it means for us to understand the overabundant love that God has shown us. And living in that, in such a way that we have that happy, happy, joy, joy that the world sees in us, and they cannot figure it out. They don't have any idea where it comes from. And the reason they don't is because they have never heard about Jesus Christ and his love for them. So what is our job as believers? What is our responsibility as believers? To walk out these doors and share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone that we come in contact with. It doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take you 30 minutes. You don't have to memorize 27 passages of Scripture. All you have to do is tell them, this is my life before Jesus, and this is my life now. And this is what he has done for me. This is what he is doing for me. And this is what he will do for me. That is what it means to be sanctified. That's what it means for us to understand God's presence in our lives. That we see that work being worked out in our hearts. And that we know because of his love for us, it's a part of our lives. There's a passage of scripture that you all know. Uh, it's Revelation 3.20. Jesus says this to the church. Remember this. Coming to the church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with him and he with me. There's a painting. I had, I had it. I may have. Did it, did it come up on the screen? Can you show it? Let's see. I tried that. I gave that to Lisa. Let's see if it comes up. Is it there? The picture, the painting. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You know which one I'm talking about. The one, I, it was painted by, I have to look at his name again because I never worry about that. William Holman Hunt was the guy that painted 1853 is when he painted that thing. It's, what's the door look like? has an arch on it. This thing's been copied so many times, it's worse than a, worse than a Minolta like we have at the office. It just gets re reproduced over and over. has a door like this has vines all over it. Jesus usually has a lamp. And what's he doing? He's standing at the door and he's knocking. But there's something about that painting that tells us where we are. Holman got it. Holman recognized it. And we, many of us, know it. There's no doorknob on that door on the outside. What has to happen in your life and mine for us to have that personal relationship? It's the only thing he asks of us. Open that door. Trust me. You trust me. I promise you, if you trust me, I'll not forsake you. I'll not leave you. I won't leave you in despair. Why? Because I died on Calvary's cross for you. I love you so much. I'm not going to hurt you. The world is going to hurt you. The world is going to persecute you. But I'm not going to do that. The garbage that we carry with us is unnecessary. The message of the world is something that we see that is unnecessary. And time and time again, what it does is it fails us. 
The world tells us you'll be happy if you drive this. You'll be happy if you drink this. You'll be happy if you have this. You'll be happy if you have all these things. What does Jesus say about that? The things of this world. It's pretty simple. That's Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. All these things that you think are so important, that you think are so necessary, that you have your whole focus of your whole life on these things that we miss the biggest gift that God has given us. And that's the gift of his son. That's the salvation that he offers us through Jesus. My prayer would be that your door would be open, your heart would be open to Jesus right now. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that this would be the time that you would pray this prayer. Father, I come to you right now recognizing the sin that is in my life. And I recognize, Father, where I am as I stand before you. There's nothing I can do to make things right between me and you. But, Father, you've done everything for me. You sent Jesus Christ as a sacrifice to die on Calvary's cross for my sins. And I give my life, my heart, my all to you now. Believing, Father, that you didn't allow Jesus to stay in the tomb, but on the third day you rose him up from the, the dead. And Father, I believe in the resurrection. I believe in the promise that is mine, that one day this body of mine will be what I see right now, won't be what stands before this congregation, but this body of mine will be resurrected. And I'll be in the presence of Jesus Christ, and I'll see and know him face to face. Father, we thank you for what it means to have that hope. And I pray if there's somebody here today that's never claimed that relationship, that today would be the day of salvation for them. Today would be the day where they say, Jesus, I just give it all to you and trust you and thank you. Jesus, I'm going to follow you in believer's baptism because I recognize what it does. It doesn't wash away my sins. What it does, Father, it tells the world that I belong to you. Just like that blood painted on the lentils uh, in Egypt. It says, this one is mine. This one is God's, and I belong to you because of what you've done for me. Father, for those of us that know you and have sought to live our lives for you, but maybe in our lives right now, we recognize that our doors are shut. Uh, we're too busy. Uh, maybe we've got too many other things going on. Maybe there's been a problem in our lives, a difficulty that we look at and we think, God, where were you? And what do you say? I was in the same place with you as I was with Jesus when he hung on the cross. I was there and I watched and I saw the difficulty and I saw the pain. But I sought to relieve you of that by calling you to give your life to me completely. Father, help us to do that. Help us to open the doors of our hearts so wide that you fill our hearts with your love. Thank you for that love. Thank you for that sacrifice. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church.
If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.